At Operation Tango Romeo, we are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. I am your OPSO, Mark Meinke, and this is Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. And we are live. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> you know how sometimes when you're in the shower or on the pot, you have your best ideas. I was just driving around doing some errands, and the wheel started to spin. And something I've been wanting to talk about for a while kind of came to me, and I wanted to share it with you. So there's always this debate of capitalism versus socialism, and it's always a heated debate. It's ugly. <laughs> Religion and politics, right? It's always the same. And what happens, it's either people are just screaming, this is my way, and here's why my way is the only way. And that is the same argument on both sides. It's really what it boils down to. And I have yet to see a conversation, other than perhaps with Russell Brand, um, he has these conversations in an open and honest way. But other than that, in the public lexicon, there isn't any real thoughtful conversations about capitalism versus socialism and what's in between. Because the truth is, everybody's living in between. You go to China, clearly a communist state, but they are fueled by capitalism in a Chinese way. Um, come to the West, and it's capitalism with socialism sprinkled all over it. In Canada, we are more socialist than the U.S., and I kind of like it that way. I like our social programs. I like the idea that we have universal health care. These are all good things, I think. But there are dangers either way. So with capitalism, the one of the big dangers is corruption. <laughs> and in socialism, the biggest danger is corruption. It's the same either way. It just manifests a little bit differently. Every innovation that we enjoy is because of creativity. And that creativity is fostered by capitalism and stifled by communism. And one of those reasons, in a communist country, any totalitarian regime, it doesn't matter if it's communist, socialist, it doesn't matter, fascist, it's irrelevant. If you have a tiny little group at the top who answer to nobody, then that's the absolute power corrupts, absolutely maxim comes into play. This is something that was said 2,000 years ago and it hasn't changed. Absolute power corrupts, absolutely. It does, always has always will, because it's just a part of humanity. So let's say this great, great reset thing actually happens. The idea is, okay, it'll be totalitarian, but we're going to use AI this time. So it won't fall apart like it always has every single time. Well, that's no guarantee that it's going to be any better. It's not a guarantee it's going to be any worse. But the reason that Communism is something that people tend to escape. There's very few content people that are like, I like my communism. I'm just going to stick around. No, people escape. They go to other countries. 
and they go to the country and they never go to another dictatorship. They go to the West. Always. People escape China, North Korea. If you have to escape your country, <laughs> that's not a that's not a good idea. We shouldn't be creating um, a society that we want to escape. Uh, not good. We already did that once. Um, that's how North America came to be. Everybody was escaping their dictatorships, whether it was a king or a fascist or whoever it was. And poof, here's North America. People got on their rickety boats, risked life, left everything behind it knew nobody on the other side of the pond, uh, lived in mud huts, and created North America. That's how bad dictatorships are. They are to be avoided. It's not a good idea. Because what happens when you have some bureaucrat at the top who can do anything, say anything, they want to terraform society to meet them, to terraform society to meet them and, and their idea of what is right, they will take certain tactics. They will create symbols and ideas, and the ideas are always wrapped up in a nice little package. So it seems like, oh, that's a good idea. I'll just be loyal to you. Uh, they always elevate themselves, like Kim Jong-un, uh, Kim Jong-il, as deities of some sort, or they are smarter, better, more educated. Um, uh, they have a one-way uh, telephone call with, with God. That's the actual, uh, the power of the monarchies comes from that. Uh, they, <laughs> they have a telephone to God. That is the where the authority of monarchy, uh, of the English monarchy, comes from. Uh, that's why when you are installed as a queen or a king, it is done by the archbishop or whatever it is, uh, but it's done by the church. And that's why the queen is the head of the church, because the authority comes from God. Well, how do you argue with that? Uh, which is why a constitutional monarchy is a lot better than just a straight-up monarchy. Because when you have that centralized power, it never works out for me and you. Ever, ever, ever. So, if you're going to terraform society, uh, if you are the all-powerful dictator, the, the, the king, the queen, or equivalent thereof, and you're sitting at the top of the pile, you make, start making your rules to terraform society so that it is what you want it to be. And what has happened again and again and again is that these rules have some pretty hard penalties. Because it's all about compliance, conformity, conform, conform, fit in this box, live in this box that I have created because this is what I want society to be. It's a one-size-fits-all uh, idea, which means if it's one-size-fits-all, there's absolutely no room for individuality. There's no room for independent thought. There's certainly no room to complain about um, the dictates of the government. There's no room at all. And the less room there is, the more you are in a dictatorship. The more your speech is being centered, the more you're in a dictatorship. Um, the more the thought police are <laughs> in full force and telling you what to think and what not to think, you're in a dictatorship. And those that are supporting the dictator are always easy to find because whatever the dictator says, the supporters scream. If you say anything that the dictator doesn't like, 
the supporters of that dictator will scream at you and uh, apply social pressure to you, screaming, just listen, just do it, just obey. And if you don't, you're anti-science. <laughs> An example, I, I heard a lady speaking. Uh, she was from the Czech Republic originally, and th- that descended into communism, which, of course, people wanted to escape. Going, get the hell out of here. This sucks. This is no fun. Um, and it was packaged up so that the people would buy into it. And this is what the official government line was. <laughs> communism is scientifically proven. I, this is what they did recently. You know, this is not a long, long time ago. Communism is scientifically proven to be the best form of government. Therefore, if you have problems with with uh, with communism, you are a science denier. And if you are a science denier, you are subhuman. And if you're subhuman, you have no rights. It sounds pretty familiar to what's going on right now. But this was, I mean, this is documented history, and it's recent. The, um, the breakup of Czechoslovakia. Why did it break up? Because people said, hey, you know, this whole communism thing, um, not so good. Don't like it. It's not a good time. So the dissenters, the people that stand against the, con- uh, the communism, never works out very well for them. It's always a, a, a big, big fight. And... Let's go to Pol Pot in Cambodia. Everybody goes to uh, Hitler. <laughs> let's just leave him out of the conversation. He always gets, um, nobody talks about anybody but him. So let's uh, talk about Pol Pot in Cambodia. Also, pretty damn recent. Anybody that didn't fit in his box of what society should be, he saw as a threat. And anybody he saw as a threat was anybody who could read. So if you were literate, that was enough of a threat to him that he, he would have you killed. Um, many people have heard of the killing fields, but they don't realize that this is what the killing fields were. Um, piles and piles and piles of skeletons. <laughs> Walking on uh, uh, bones. You know, this is the killing fields of Cambodia. So he killed anybody that could read. Anybody that even appeared like maybe they were smart or educated, if you wore eyeglasses, Pol Pot would have you killed. Um, he was so threatened by dissent that even the history of the indigenous people in that area was erased. It was all written on papyrus, so um, like dried leaves used as paper for these scrolls, these scripts. Well, he didn't like that because he wanted his own society, his own culture, and wanted everybody to just obey him so any previous culture had to be erased so all these all this papyrus all all these uh, documents and scrolls and they were all destroyed they were all destroyed Um, why at the end of the uh, day it's to preserve his power this is what happens that the old maxim is 2000 years old absolute power corrupts absolutely every bloody time and but this is why and i hope this helps paint the picture of why this happens why this is a flaw in human nature that has always been there and will always be there and there isn't a solution to it the only solution to human nature that there's ever been is uh an overarching law 
in the U.S. is the Constitution and Bill of Rights. The whole point of that is a firewall against tyranny because that human nature ain't going to change. We are not evolving past it. We have not evolved past it. It's still there. So the only way to protect ourselves from the dark side of human nature, from that one aspect, that incredible lust for uh, power that goes all the way up to to the extreme of, here's the box of society, and this is what you got to do. If you don't fit in this box, you will die. It's also the most racist form of government uh, when you go right into communism. Because if they see a certain demographic or a certain um, group where they see that as a threat, they will starve you to death. That's Holomador. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but the, um, the genocide uh, in the Ukraine... They starved him to death. That's also what was done to the Irish. And it was also done uh, in China. They take a whole swath of people and say, I think you're a threat. Therefore, I'm going to paint you all with the same brush. You're all a threat. So we'll just shut down the supply lines. So let's just imagine this happened in the United States. They'd pick probably Texas. And all you have to do, you don't have to, Fight. You don't have to have a civil war. You just shut down the, the supply lines. So nothing comes in or out of Texas. What's going to happen? If those supply lines stay shut down, they're going to starve to death. This is what uh, the number one cause of death, that is unnatural cause of death, is democide. People don't even know that term. Democide is death by government. So in the last 100 years, there's been 100 million people that have died of democide, most of them through starvation. Everything that I'm saying is just basic, basic history. It's not deep history. It's not from the ancients from 10,000 years ago. Uh, This is like yesterday. (laughs) So we haven't evolved past this. Um, But this is why people escape communism, because that's the ultimate destiny destination of it might sound like it's pretty good in the beginning it's always packaged up have you ever been to an ipo in an an initial public offering for uh, any stock i've been to a couple of them so this is when a private company goes public goes to market they have the first initial sale of stocks so it's the first to market when that ipo comes out there's an ipo presentation and it's a sales pitch the sales pitch always makes it sound good. Have you ever been to uh, a timeshare <laughs> uh, sales meeting so that you can get your, your free hotel in Mexico? I've been to a couple of them. It's a high-pressure sales tactic, and it always sounds good. It sounds like a good deal. Then, uh, But almost everybody that buys the timeshare regrets the timeshare. They're like, oh, that probably wasn't a very good idea. <laughs> and there's actually a whole new industry of uh, reselling the timeshare at a massive discount. So it's the same thing with communism. It, se- it sounds great. It's always packaged up like it's for the greater good. It sounds, sounds like a good idea until you're living in it. And then everybody realizes it was a bit of a bait and switch, and it wasn't about the greater good. It was about control. It was about the dictator at the top having society um, conform to what that person wanted. That is what it's always been. It's what it will always be. It has always been a threat. It always will be a threat. 
And if we don't pay attention to Constitution, Bill of Rights, things like that, if we let that slip even a little, it's going to slip a lot. Because that's what's always happened. It's what's always, always happened. Um, And it's interesting, the people that fight against this. People in Cuba. Cuba is often used as an example of where communism works. Works good. People love Cuba. Well, great vacation spot. Nice beaches. So I've heard. I've never been. And yet, Parents, like, what, what do you care about most in this world? If you're a parent, it's your kids. Most times. <laughs> most times your kids are what you care about the most. And what we want to do is keep them safe, keep them fed, keep them from getting hurt, keep them from getting killed. We care about our kids. We die for our kids. We take a bullet for our kids. And yet these people in, in Cuba are building makeshift rafts with their children, two-year-olds, babies, three-year-olds, they're going on this on on these rafts and hoping that the currents take them to Florida. It's an incredibly dangerous trip. Incredibly dangerous. Who puts their children at risk if the circumstances aren't extreme? But it's happening every day. People getting on a rickety raft from Cuba to Florida. They're escaping it. Because this ideal spot of, hey, communism is great, doesn't work out so well. And when you're actually living in it, you want nothing better more than to escape it. It's like being on fire. All you want is for the fire to be out. Um, So we always have to be vigilant of what's going on to make sure that this doesn't happen here. We always have to be. And... It's always a threat. If you don't know that, then you're not. Then you're denying history. You're de- you're denying what's going on all around us, and it's not something that you're going to want. The amount of suicide that happens in these countries is off the charts because there is no hope. There's no hope of autonomy. There's no hope of building something. If you don't have that hope. It's pretty damn depressing. And that's the gift of capitalism. There's always that hope, there, that American dream. <clears throat> Pardon me. That American dream is simply the idea that I can build something. I can raise myself up. If you're in communism, there is no ladder to climb. Now, climbing a ladder takes work. It's not easy. It's difficult. Any ladder But there is no ladder in a dictatorship. There's no ladder. Whatever rung you're at, you're staying at. And you're not going anywhere. There is no hope of building something for yourself. There is no entrepreneurism. There is no starting your own business. There is no dream other than to serve the dictator. That's it. Most people don't like that. And this is why... When you are free to create, free to think, you get the number one human emotional need, which is affirmation. Affirmation of being a conformist is not very meaningful. Affirmation of something that you've created, of your ideal thought uh, or original thought, that matters. That feels good. That is what people strive for. If you take that away, there's nothing to strive for. 
this has always been true. It always will be true. And this is the link between brutal mental health and any sort of dictatorship. This is why people want um, uh, socialism or a dictatorship in the beginning because of the idea of what it is. And there's merits to the idea, like public health care. There's great merits. There's also great downsides to it. Nothing is ever unilateral, and nothing is binary either. There's nuance, and dictators don't like it if you're thinking about the nuance. They don't like it if you're thinking at all. They don't want you to think, because if you think, you're going to question. If you question, you're tough to control, which is why questions are shut down. The more the questions are shut down, the less you're able to ask these questions, the more of a dictatorship you are living in. That's how it works. It's how it's always worked. So if you find that you can't ask questions without being screamed at, if you find that you can't cite scientific studies without being screamed at and being called names, you're probably not living in freedom. Because freedom means the freedom to say what you think, the freedom to be curious, the freedom to ask questions, the freedom to not conform. That is what freedom is. And if that is being taken away, then you don't have freedom. And it might be okay for a while. You can hold a hot pot for a while, but eventually it's going to start to burn, and you're going to want to put that pot down. might feel warm and comfortable in the beginning, but it doesn't stay that way. And I hope this resonates with you. I am not trying to start a fight. I... <laughs> um, I'm trying to start a, a movement of thought. Be curious. Be curious. That's it. Be curious and be cautious. Think for yourself. Be an independent thinker. Don't take anybody's word for anything. Cross-check everything. Be skeptical of everything. And that is the only way to have any kind of clue of what the truth actually is. It's also the only way to look after your mental health. Nobody wants to live in a box. Living in a box is not good. It never has been. That's been proven time and time again in history. All right. I hope this is um, food for thought for you. Again, I'm not looking for a fight, so please don't fight me. Just listen and contemplate. And if you think I am a, a bonehead or full of crap, that's fine. Um, just be nice about it. Disagree nicely. And I will disagree nicely with you after I listen to you. I'll listen to you first and I'll respond properly, but I won't fight you and I won't call you names. I hope that you also don't fight me and don't call me names. Just think or don't. It's up to you. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. Now I've got a favor to ask you. And I know everybody asks for the same favor, but it's really, really important. If you can help, do your little bit by going to Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating and a comment. That would be awesome. Also, on your favorite podcast platform, whether that be Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, or whatever floats your boat and blows your hair back, please click 
follow. And if there's an option there for rating, please do so. And this is why. Every time you click like, leave a rating, leave a comment, what happens is that it makes it easier for other people to find this podcast. The help that you can't find doesn't help at all. So help other people find this so that they can help themselves. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And as always, share, share like the sugar bear because sharing is caring.